This episode is brought to you by Tidal. Tidal is a global music and entertainment platform that brings artists and fans together through unique music and content experience. If your ears yearn for something better, it's hard to beat Tidal streaming with its combo of lossless CD quality streams on its entire catalog. Tidal's premium and hi-fi tiers are what all diehard audiophiles need to get the most out of true half-daily music from any music streaming service. If you are a part of this distinguished category, you owe it to yourself to try out Tidal. Now, as a thank you for the listeners of the Words of Wade podcast, you can start your free 60-day trial by using the code WADE60, W-A-D-E, that's me, 60, on the Title app or on their website, title.com. You know the vibe. to episode 149 of the Words of Wave podcast. I, of course, am your host, uh, Young Aloysius, uh, the Middle East Messiah, uh, Ike's son. Um, uh, I'm Wade. <laughs> I'm Wade. I'm Wade. Joining me uh, from, from her boudoir. <laughs> the uh, comfort of my bed, you mean? <laughs> yes, yes. The 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 Hampton harem. The harem. Yes. The harem. Very much so. Yep, this is Scan. I'm here. I'm here. Oh. <laughs> and of course, straight from the dungeons of rap. Um Glad to be back with y'all. Um, another week, a lot has happened uh, in the world. Uh, as a lot of you know, this is the podcast we're, of course, in Virginia. And uh, we had just entered uh, phase two, this whole COVID thing, which means um, gatherings of less than 50 people are allowed. Um, restaurants are now open at like half capacity. So things are slowly getting back to normal. I said when it first started, we're probably back to normal by like 4th of July. Just makes sense. America's corny that way. Um, and we still have, of course, all the 
I feel funny when it's saying racial injustice. Because it's not like... It's not new. Yeah. At least, it's not new for us. Definitely not. It's like, this This is life. <laughs> this is the last years of my life, especially this was going on to me before I was born. <laughs> my dad did So, we've had... Um, protests happening every day in almost every state. Um, About across the world. Yeah, across the yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that's that's what makes this different, in my opinion. Is I have never, of course, in my history of living, and I've talked to some 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 of my elders. Um, they don't recall it ever being to a point that it's damn near a unified movement across the globe. Like, you know, the civil rights movement and things of that nature happen in certain parts of the U.S. So just even the unification in the U.S. is is new. But places in Africa, the U.K., like, it's... I've seen murals of George Floyd in Mexico. Like, it's 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 different. It's it's like like Al Sharpton said during um, George Floyd's going home service. Like, the seasons is different. The time is different. It's 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 is the whole air around all of this is different right now. Like we've had, we've had protests, we've had, you know, uprising, we've had riots and looting and all of that before, but the circumstances around this, like how things are playing out, how the pieces are moving this time around is a little different. Like I'm, I'm more optimistic. I, I'm not putting the cart before the horse though. Like I'm, I'm definitely not jumping the gun like, oh, we won and this is going to be it. Like, nah, we still got a whole lot of work to do. But it just Definitely. it just feel it feel a little more optimistic at this point. It feel it feel like it got a little more traction, like it it got a little more pull this time. I think that the reason why it went global too is because for years and years and years and years, the entire world has always known that there's been uh, a huge injustice to the Afri- African American man and woman. Period. You can roll that tongue. African, you roll it. African, roll it, roll it. um, But it's true. It's it's something that's always been recognized and always has been spoken of. You know what I mean? And I, that is one of those things where the time is different to where people are now more willing to just stand up and talk about it. I think it's also has something to do with with the coronavirus. It has a lot of people already frustrated and just feeling a certain way. You know what I mean? We're, there's a lot of emotions been pulled back and forth these last four months. You know what I mean? And then on top of that, you guys are still continuously to just kill us. <laughs> like the day didn't change. Like something's up, still going, everything's, hey, welcome back to phase two. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's literally. It's back to normal. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know. Again, like for us, Nothing has changed. It's it's the same Nothing thing that we've changed. been dealing with. But um, again, and I, 
I believe it was Al Sharpton who said it during George Floyd's going home service. Like, it's nothing, it's no distractions going on right now. It's no sports. It's people can't, you know, go out and move around freely. Like, it's literally quiet. And when this In your happened, face. yeah, like when it happened, it's just like, it wasn't like I, it happened and you can, you know, flick away from it. Like, it was at that point, it was everywhere. And it was nothing else to do and or watch. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, oh shit, this is real. And it's like, yeah, motherfucker, it's real. We've been we've been telling y'all for how many years? Yeah, it's, it's real. Oh, y'all can see it now. Oh yeah, yeah. It, you know, ain't 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 none, no football, no basketball, no baseball, no soccer. Um, most of the HGTV shut down. It's reruns of a bunch of shit. <laughs> I mean, do they think yeah. we just come up with a system on how to interact with white people just to just fucking come up with a system? Yo. Like, you know, we're forced to come up with this system. <laughs> it's so we can sort of survive in your fucking world. Uh, Code switching. Like, that's yeah. the thing. We that's do that on purpose most occasions just because we're just trying to fucking go with the flow and fit in your fucking world just for that moment. But trust and believe, as soon as we walk out of there, like, man, these stupid motherfuckers, every time I got to turn around and Look, change them how the fuck I want to talk, God shit, damn it. I is- said, your food is fucking nasty. That's what I said, <laughs> damn it, Susan. It's nasty. Look, <laughs> one, of the first, one of the first documented cases, well, I'm not going to say the first documented cases because there's been way more documented cases. but if listeners of uncut reflect on this the first bad boys when they when they went to the house and the body was in the house and (laughs) will will was like hello anybody home and mom was like no you got too much bass in your voice that's scared white folk we wondering if we could borrow some cup of brown sugar (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like yeah, just that up. Like as I got like legit as funny as that was, we are we are black police officers coming into a white dwelling and still have to make sure that we don't look like the aggressor. Exactly. Like we're not trying to offend y'all, but we smell we we came over here because we're chasing a case that led us over here, the evidence led us over here. And it smells like it's a dead body in the house, but we still have to take precautions that we're not offending anybody in the house because we don't want to get the police called on us because we are the police. Pretty we much. don't want y'all coming at us aggressively. We want to make sure y'all are calm in y'all own home that could possibly be having criminal activity. <laughs> like it would do that, That's every day for a lot of people. Bruh, shout out to the homie Nate. Nate. Shout out to the homie Nate. Look, Nate Nate recorded a video and like literally what he said was the story of every black man that I know in my generation or above my generation or right behind my generation as far as how they feel and how they think about things and he was just speaking from his own personal experience, but the shit resonated. It's just like when he got to the point, he was like, yo, I know K 
countless, like I got so many friends that have similar stories. And he was just telling his. And like, I had to repost it and it was just like, yo, this is not normal people. Like, this is how we live. This is how we've been taught to live from day one. And it's, it's, it's really just not fucking normal. It's not normal at all. Like Dick Gregory himself said, the wor- one of the worst things you could teach a young black child is that they have to work twice as hard to be equivalent to their white counterpart. That's right. one of the worst they things you could teach. They should not see. have to feel that way at exactly. all. Exactly. We should, we should not be- You have just as much as a chance as that, next per- that person standing next to you. Exactly. We should Period. not be groomed and brought up with that type of mentality that we have to work that hard to be seen as equal. Just to be seen as equal. Not better, not show that we have traits that, that in certain situations, hey, we're the better person for this task or this job, but just to be on the same playing field to even be considered. Yeah, we, we have know to work that. twice a lot. We it's know just, this. It's like you, you're not supposed to have that type of upbringing. We but, know this, but the system is rigged. The system is rigged to be it. that way. From the time when they wrote the books that we are supposed to be learning from from school, shit is sugar coated. Things are, you know, watered down. You know, there's a lot of information there where they already teach black people that you were slaves. Oh. It's way worse. You know what than I'm that. saying? And I'm not saying that at any point before that they don't talk about certain things, but they don't really talk about oh, no. where we really came from. Scan. You know what I'm saying? Scan. So, they, they whiten it out right now. They yeah, whiten it out right now. That's what I'm look, saying. So look, it's, the, the history books that I've read, the history gonna, books that I've read from my oldest and the paperwork that he's brought on from like social studies and history class, they literally make it sound like by the wording and everything that we got on the boat willingly. Yeah, I've seen it. Through through the middle passage. They don't even call it the middle passage. They was like, African Americans boarded a ship to come to the new land. Is literally how it's worded. I'm like, what you mean, bitch? You what? <laughs> what? It was like, yeah, with with the promise, with the promise of of a new beginning, African Americans boarded the ship and traveled to the new world. With the promise of a new beginning, of me getting my ass whooped every day. <laughs> so, like, li- like literally reading that, I was like, son, do you know what the middle passage is? He was like, no. I was like, all right, look, put this piece of paper away, ball that shit up and throw it in the trash can. Come with me. And we had a whole history lesson real quick. Real quick. Like, fuck this homework. Fuck this bullshit that they're giving you. Are you serious? Like, that's how y'all going to word it now? They whitewashing us. Like, you know, exactly. Exactly. The, the, the thing, I, I'm trying to get back here for a second. The thing I'm, I'm proud of right now in the protests is and what it bothered me for a second i was scared and i used to post to this that um when the charges were increased on the the murderers of george floyd i was nervous that everybody was going to like back up like we got what we wanted we good right i'm i'm so glad they didn't forget about brianna taylor i'm so glad the, the pressure's still on because if anything the pressure should be more 
right? As as G as black men, it's our job. You know what I'm right. saying? So right, we, right. it should be more. And I'm so glad that that hasn't happened. Like I'm still seeing people in the streets, if not net, if not more than it was two weeks ago. Look, I just came off of Broad Street just now. I took the boys out there um, so they could see what was going on. I rode from Carytown. I rode basically from the top of Carytown. Anybody in Richmond um, that's in Uncut Nation that know what I'm talking about. I rode from top of Carytown where the Kroger is all the way down Shaco Bottom, circled around up Monument Avenue, and then back down Broad Street down to Shaco Bottom and hopped on where the old... Um, the old uh, Dominion building was that they just blew up. Just so my boys could see the Confederate statues that's been spray painted, the buildings boarded up, the graffiti, the where the protesters were that are still gathered around the Robert E. Lee statue that's about to come down. And I don't know if any of them hear me. I don't, I'm pretty sure they don't listen to the podcast, but any of the good old boys that fly the Confederate flags out here in, you know, the Commonwealth, Capital City, River City, however you want to call it, fuck y'all. I dare y'all pull up at the statue. But you know what, though? That's still, that's still some type of history being made for those monuments to be removed. Exactly. Look, because for a long time, they have just sat there as just some type of in your face disrespect. And I'm not saying they're not part of history. Exactly. You know what I mean? They we're not, are, we're not they, at telling you you need to right. remove this from the history books that it does not need to be discussed. No, we want you to know who they did have, what. They have their and time how, and their place. And how many times they did it. Of mm-hmm. course we want you to know that. But it's to have a statue of this person up. It's like having a statue up of the Manson family. Like Right. You know what I mean? You're not going to put a statue of a serial killer up just because he was a famous serial killer. You know and what that, I mean? That, that was a comment that was made by the governor and another gentleman that spoke, which kind of, I don't, it made me believe that they didn't write their own speeches because they literally had one section of their speech that they literally said the exact same thing, damn near verbatim, mm-hmm, except mm-hmm. one gave an age and one didn't. But the 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 short and skinny of it was how do you look at a young black girl that's asking about one of these statues and look her dead in her eye when she's asking you know who is this person why is this statue here like how do you explain that when that's not what you're actually about right and they went on to say like well you know anytime you put anything up on a pedestal is because you want people to look up to it you want people to admire it Correct. And they're like, well, this hasn't been the history of, you know, Richmond for a long time, but yet and still the statues are still here. In 2016, the statues came, the, the monuments came under fire one time before because it was a petition that was written by, and I, you know, forgive me because I don't know her name, but it was a young black woman who wrote it. Uh, I believe she was in, she was either in high school at the time or she was just about to go to high school. Um, but she wrote a petition in 2016, had a, had a great amount of signatures on it. But again, we got them good old boys down here. We got Klan down here. And we had, the Klan actually has 
rites of passage, like, so to speak. They have their rallies where they have their, you know, their rallies and their means where they're in their death shrouds and everything. And it's publicly known where they're at. There hasn't been no intervention in that. There has been no, um, no protests around those areas. The, you know, governor, mayor, city officials, none of them have done anything to deter any of that. So we are very well aware of that. So hopefully, God willing, when it comes time for those, that statue to come down, the first one of many, when that statue comes down, hopefully it's not a whole incident because I'm pretty sure it's going to be, if, if, it, if they decide to make it a public display, saying, hey, that statue is going to come down at such and such time during such and such day. I know plenty of black people that are going to come out to want to see the statue taken down. There's going to be plenty of them good old boys that's going to come out there with their ARs and everything, same way they always march, do the way they want to, to protest the fact that the statue come coming down. And that ain't going to do nothing but turn into a hostile situation. What they need to do is like they did in London over the weekend, just snatch that shit down, down. down. In, the, in the wee hours. Don't it's tell so anybody crazy. nothing until it's already done. Yeah, it's so crazy that the statue was even up. Apparently, and looking at the paper here, it's the stat. It was a statue in central London, uh, nation. If you're not assuming what we're talking about, of um, I want to get. I really don't care about his name. I'm sorry, I'm Fuck his name. Right. Fuck. Fuck his name. Um, it was, he was essentially a slave, a slave trader. He he's he traded, and I'm reading this right at least 80,000 Africans into slavery, men and women from Africa to the Americas. That's crazy. And there was a statue in the middle of London for this man. <laughs> he didn't do anything else of significance, but he was a great slave trader. They tore the statue down and threw it in the river. And- See, As it should be. See, that's the even crazier thing. Like, even with, with the Robert E. Lee statue coming down, they're gonna put it in storage to, and decide what they're gonna do with it. Yeah, they need to just tear it down. Tear it down just like they did in London. Shout out to everybody in London that listens to Uncut Radio. Uncut Nation. Yeah, Uncut Nation. Uh, we need to do that. We need to just, in the middle of the night, don't tell nobody nothing. Yeah, just snatch it down. Oh, snatch it out. Get rid just of it. Because, what? Now, London, of course, is a little different than here, but it's still, it's still black people there. Why would you even put up a statue of a guy that's only significant mark in, in the human race is he traded more slaves than anybody else? I mean, literally, bro, like my entire life that I've been in Richmond, these statues have been on Monument Avenue. Like, that's the prestigious area of Richmond. You know how much them houses cost on Monument Avenue? Monument Avenue, yeah. Bro, them joints is half a million to damn near a million dollars just to be on Monument Avenue where the Confederate statues are. And the majority of, not all of the statues on there, the majority of the statues are of Confederate generals that fought to, for slavery. And it's like, why the fuck are they still up? And it's One like, of the things that even bothered me, and no disrespect to the family, but when it finally got approved that Arthur Ashe had a statue, that we were going to get an Arthur Ashe statue, 
they put it on Monument Avenue. Like, why? Why would you put a statue of Arthur Ashe on Monument Avenue? Why would you not put it by the tennis courts that he wasn't, a, in the beginning, allowed to play on, that he finally was allowed to play on, which is now at the end of the boulevard that is now named after him. We got a Columbus statue at the end of the Arthur Ashe Boulevard. Why the fuck do we even have a Columbus statue in Richmond? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm I'm way off on the tangent. Y'all, y'all, look, man, this shit is got me real. It's got me real tight on a lot of shit. Kind of rationalized the Confederate statue because the Richmond Capital Confederacy and all that stuff. But then you start doing shit doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. It's all psychological war. It's all it psychological is. war to make you to to black people. We won't forget slavery. We won't forget. You know what I'm saying? Those times. Like the the comparison I often hear is that when you go to Germany, you don't see statues of Hitler, and exactly. that's their, that's their history, right? But like like Scan said, like, it's history, you know, it's, it's, it's history. Like, we not, we not gonna, we not gonna forget that it's history. It happened. But there does not need to be a monument to it at this point. It has its place in history. We've since passed that point. Like, even when the governor was having the press conference about taking it down, he even brought up the fact that Robert E. Lee himself said he did not want a statue. He did not want any memorial to him. And they did it anyway. Like, I think like 20 years after the fucking war. The crazy thing that really solidified it and put the nail in the coffin that everybody is over this shit. Like, I think it's like his great, his great, great, great nephew that is a pastor spoke and was like, yo, the whole family behind this, it's been time to take this shit down. Like we we fully condone taking down his statue. It shouldn't be up. It should have been gone. So for the family to feel that way, how the fuck you think every black person that has rode around this city felt seeing that shit up? And any other statue on monument, Right. Shit crazy. I'm sorry. I hijacked the whole conversation. I'm sorry. I apologize, Unconnection. We way off on the tangent. <laughs> we'll bring I, it back in. We'll bring it back yeah, in. Yeah, I literally, I literally just came off of riding my boys around the city to let them see through their own eyes, like what what it looks like. Like this is this is what's been going on in y'all backyard. This is this is what's happening. I need them to to visually put that together. Like it's it's a historical moment. I know where I was during this historical moment. I want both of my sons to be able to see it. And way me and you talked about this on last episode. Like you being way more optimistic than me was like, you know, hopefully I see it in my lifetime. I was like, you know, I'm the optimistic one, and I don't think it's gonna happen. Right, right. I think I, that's that's where I, I'm. At. I stand corrected, bro. It, it's a possibility that it might happen in our lifetime. So, well, I was watching, um, and which holds you up. Let me bring it back in. Um, <laughs> if anyone talks about getting white people to understand racism, 
they always talk about the Jane Elliott video. The 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 brown eyed, blue eyed video. Where she separates white people in her class by eye color and treats yeah, blue, blue eyes. And she treats them, yeah, differently based yeah, on yeah. their eye color. So everyone says that's how you blame white people to rate racism to white people. But in the in the same video and other videos, she's she says that America could wipe out racism in 20 years if they really wanted to. And she lays out step by step how it can happen. So it Yo. can happen, but this video is like from 1984. She has been fighting and speaking out against racism since she was a young school teacher. Yep, because she, used, she even did a, a, a little like a uh, scientific experiment with the, the students. Exactly. Asking them the little teenage, I mean, the little elementary yep. kids, yep. asking them questions and having them experiment, experiment with each other about how they interact about based on color eyes and, yep. you know, and it's crazy, man. Even then, it's crazy. But, but it's a little think, unsettling to see how the white children, which is so regularly comfortable with reacting the way they react, and it's because they learn it from their parents. See, that's the thing. We could see it in, in our lifetime if we could really get people to be on the same page about also what they're teaching their, their children. Definitely. Until they stop teaching their children and and raising their children with that mentality, it's always going to be around because it's a constant system that just keeps rolling over to the next generation, to the next generation, to the next generation, on top of the fact that they kind of make the playing field unfair. Not kind of, they did. Yeah, they definitely. We're behind with a lot of that. So I do believe in that whole concept of we have to start learning to own our own businesses. We have to learn to work with each other within our own culture and people. It's not that we don't want to do business with you. We've been doing business with you forever since the time we started this fucking country. It's enough of that. We need to build our own because you've made it quite clear that sharing with you is not an option. Right. And that's what they are afraid of because they know we are fully capable of doing it because we did it for them. Um, and we did it for them without even knowing how to fucking read. I want to say this. Say it. And it's say going to, it. Now, no, it's going to sound like something I say a lot. Don't, don't get no disclaimers. No, no, no. Don't but get no disclaimers. This is all, I mean, the, the, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan always talks about how we need to rebuild Black Wall Street. And need to bring back the black dollar. How how much how much power is in the black dollar? Like, so you, you uh, I hope hope both of y'all watched the video that I sent y'all, where the guy literally laid the whole plan out. I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. So that's that's the main thing that has always been talked about. Understanding the power of the black dollar. Everybody wants the black dollar, but nobody wants to do business with us. Correct. And we have to learn to do business with each other. That's where it could really work. We could even come up with our own. We could even create our own dollar if we fucking wanted to, because all we would do is do business with each other. Now, one there's black owners of land. There's black farmers. 
Yep. There's inventors, there's scientists, there's doctors. No. We have them all too. It's just about buckling down and actually cutting off the outside market and only working with each other. One of the main French things people do it. <laughs> that one of the main things that was said in the video was about um not saying, oh, well, this is why I don't deal with black businesses. Or this is why I don't go to black establishments. He was like, everybody, like when we start buying black, spending black, we categorize like, I right, well, this is why I don't deal with black owned businesses because I get this type of service. Yeah. It gets lumped into a category. He was like, we got to stop doing that. You it know what? You're it right. We gotta be, stop doing that. But I gotta like, also tell you, it, it we need more, We need it, people also to stop being fucking ignorant. Right. But All right. That, that's There's his a whole, difference. That's his There's whole thing. Difference. It was like, look, if you have a bad experience at a particular establishment, then you had a particular. You had, you know, that establishment is at fault for whatever the reason. So it's not. Oh, this is why I don't do anything black or go to any black businesses. Right. No, it's just, you know, you got a grievance with that particular establishment for whatever reason, for whatever reason, and deal with it accordingly. Deal with it as you would in any other situation. Exactly. That you would deal with it with any other establishment. Complain to the manager, you know, those type of things. And then go from there. But we don't do that with our own businesses. It's just like, you know, this I don't do anything be anyway. And this is the thing too. People have to also remember when you do have a problem with something, having an attitude and getting all crazy is not going to get you the, the result that you need. We also need to be able to express what our issue is with whatever business that you're having that issue, whether it's black or white or whatever the case may be. And then that's the only way a black business can learn to be better too. Because there right. are some businesses they're just learning and, and they're up and coming. They're not right. going to always know how to do shit. They just knew how to get that money up. They got the loan. They got the business. Or they bought the property. They had a dream. They're going for it. The only way they're going to know how to do it right is through trial and error. So One thing I'm learning. Tell people what to do or how you feel what they did wasn't right. And hopefully they'll make the change. If you don't like it, find another business to go to. Period. One thing I'm learning is, is I think this is a deeper conversation. Because it's just not with this, it's almost with everything. We, yeah. we often take the worst trait in one person and put that on a whole group of people. Of course, yeah. yeah. Like that needs to stop. We'll say this yeah. person, we'll say this person, this one person did this. Because it's easier, because it's easier to spread it across the board than to deal with each individual problem of whatever you're having with that person. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So it's just easier to just wash the whole board and put everybody on the same page. Yeah, that that you know doesn't make it right, you know. And I I see what you're saying. It happens a lot, but you know, yeah. you back on track of topics. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed that lately, recently, and just certain things. I've noticed people people will say something with one person, and they're like, "For all these such and such and such is like, like no, that's just the issue you have with that one person." Look. Case in point, Pac had an issue with one motherfucker. <laughs> Everybody decided to jump in 
and tried to make it bigger than what it was. No, he had a problem with Biggie. <laughs> everybody tried to make it seem like Pac had an issue with everybody else. No, no, no. Just, just had an issue with one motherfucker. So let's get. Um, I will say this: if you're out protesting, be safe. Please um, be safe. Please don't be pick safe. up no bricks you see laying around. Please. <laughs> Please do not pick up any of the aha bricks or the high, the higher bricks. Then the the strategic bricks that are placed outside of no construction zones. It's random. Just readily available for anybody to grab and toss. Please do not grab any. If, If you see them, please report them. What, yeah, what they I, actually bought that way, already pre-packaged in those containers of bricks. If you go to actually one of those yards, they actually have like a, a brick yard that sells nothing but stones and rocks. Yeah. That's what they look like. They're already wrapped up, just yeah. like that. They on a whole fucking pallet most of the time. It's weird, right. like a video game. Yeah, yeah. like you said, it's like Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. Now, one thing I will there. say, before we move on, I did just get an update where... Um, the Minnesota City Council is actually talking and having meetings about um, getting rid of the police department and having a public um, protection unit. <laughs> because in Minnesota, I'm sorry, we, I didn't mean to laugh. No, no. I didn't mean to laugh. I know what I'm they're trying to do here is supposed to be for the good, but that don't sound right at all. Yeah. One of the things I, that I, don't, I, about, I don't see that working out anybody's benefit truthfully one of the things um, they're screaming about is um defund the police that's a big thing i've seen and i personally don't agree with that and i'll tell you why and y'all can comment right to me, but gotcha. you defund the police you leave these people to get money from elsewhere that leaves them open to corruption more corruption anyway yeah if i'm you, about to say more corruption yeah um, if, if you're a guy making mercenaries $50,000 a year. And I said, no, we're cutting the budget. you down to twenty a year. That guy still has responsibilities in his life. But he had to make that money up somehow. Yeah, of course, because they've gotten certain... Alright, so let's take color out of the equation. Anybody that is used to a certain lifestyle, mm-hmm. when their money gets cut, they get desperate. Yes. And if they have an alternative means of finding income, whether it be legal or illegal. Which we already know they already do. They, they will now turn to that. So if they already for, have it. For the most honest person that would abide by whatever rules, whether it's government rules or gospel rules, when their family is in jeopardy, it, it's 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 simple. It's real simple. It's very it's very simple. Uh, you're not supposed to rob or steal. Nah, I wouldn't do that. But if half of my finances are cut 
and my kids ain't eating. It's not not too much of a I feel, difficult it's not a difficult decision i feel like there's a liability that needs to be placed some type of liability some type of platform that if you also have some type of complaint or grievances are being put against you those need to be taken more seriously they need to be addressed more seriously if you have a person that has a complaint about being overly aggressive with people that they have on the street put their ass on the fucking desk Y'all put people on the desk for last. Like, that's what I'm saying. Now, Ooh. I don't agree that we should take the money away from them. We shouldn't overdo it with funding. You should not have militarized type of weapons because you're not in a fucking war zone. You're supposed to be protecting us, not against us. And that makes us very uncomfortable. Okay? That's first. I do feel like a lot of the time, a lot of part, or what's also part of cops being not all cops, where there are a lot of cops that tend to be crooked is because they aren't paid well. Mm -hmm. For the position that they have, yes, they put their lives on the line every day when they step out the door. They could die. Yeah. Just yeah. that easy, right? Whether you're black, white, don't matter. Let's just look at it for what it is. When a police officer steps out that door and gets in his car and starts patrolling, he has a good chance of not coming home that night right right they don't get paid enough for that it's the same thing we talk about our teachers teachers don't get paid enough Very true. right so we have to look at what makes people act also the way they act it, it, it's not it's it's kind of one of those things where doesn't make it right but they're using it as a bully system do you know what I mean? Because they know yeah. that there's people who are poverty, who are beneath them, and they are given this power where no one's controlling it. And then it's a concept that's now passed along on this brotherhood. You wonder why neither one of them say or nobody says anything? Because that's what they embed in their head, just like the military. We're a band of brothers. You don't turn against your brother. Because, yes, they do protect each other out on those streets. So it's just a whole lot of there's a whole lot of shit there that we 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 get upset because of things that happen and we like to put just this all cops thing and it's unfortunate because there are cops there are good cops yeah yeah I mean but they're put in a fucking position also to where that shit's real like they put their lives on the line by also saying something do you know what I mean like yeah because they the right, so, thing too. Right. They they have the same and the same code, the blue code or code of blue or whatever the fuck they call it is the same code that we have. Right. So it's like you speaking up can literally put a target on your back. Yep. And that's why we keep talking about the fact that it's these are children, the this 2020 age, these People now need to, these teenagers, this is the time. Like, they need to be the ones to make the decision. We need more of our black people in, in politics. We need more black officers. We need more black bankers. We need more black doctors. And we're doing that. But at the end of the day, you still always got that one. Oh, we always going to have that one. You know, what's funny, man, I'm so glad you said that because I have posted this. I've been posting this for a while, but no one hears me until it happens. And everybody, like, oh, yeah, wait. So 
since that was just the way I tried to say it. I told you so. That's ba- look, look, you you already know he's gonna play the clip. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> gonna play the clip. This happens in five, ten years. Y'all be like, hey, this? No, but since they they act like the military, why don't we treat them? Why don't we enforce the military? What is it? The military law of justice on them? The same yeah. law that the army falls under. Why don't we put the police under that law? Because those laws are much stricter. Like, like what? Give an you example. You go to jail for adultery under under the Army Code of Justice. Oh like, yeah, like, oh yeah, because they don't need you out in the field and your mind's all fucked up, and then you end up shooting everybody on the field because your wife is out humping. <laughs> like the humping laws somebody. are way stricter, and I mean, if if they keep classifying themselves as non-civilians, they keep having this military presence. Why don't we treat them like the military? If we're not saying no, your job is is not hard. Yes, it is. Your job is crazy. Yeah, and you you want to do the military thing? Perfectly fine. Fall under the military line of justice, and it change it, it takes those loopholes out. Because what happens is whenever something happens and people go to court, they get charged. They say, well, based on the law, we couldn't change. We couldn't charge them under this. The military law of justice. Uh, uh-uh. you cause oh. someone's death, you're charged with murder. Boom. Boom. <laughs> Boom. 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 A, a big part of that too is when. When they're putting this money out, they're putting more money into churning it in such that they're more focused on weapons and tactical gear than actual counseling, therapy, proper training, how to interact with people, how to interact with people that you typically aren't used to being around. Because, you know, you're patrolling a neighborhood that you don't actually fucking live in. So you don't know any of these people. So you're not going to know Chris down the street like Tony, who actually grew up down the block, is going to know about Chris. So he may know how to interact with Chris better if he had to pull him over about some shit other than Tony over here. You know what I'm saying? Like, all of that shit makes a difference. It does. You can't be from York County and then come to Newport News and want to be a cop. Yeah. When I tell you the shit that's so strange to me, we have a police precinct, like literally around the corner from where I live. And when I say around the corner, like I'm not exaggerating. It's not like, oh, I'm talking about like, I, I got co- I to gotta hop in the car and like drive around. Like, no, I can walk to the end of the next block and look up the street and see the fucking b- police precinct that was built when I was going to middle school. It was a convenience store directly across the street that is no longer there. It's part of, it's part of the funeral home now. It was a convenience store and a, a funeral home on the other side. The convenience store by the name of Marquette had the best chili and cheese dogs ever. But it was the hood convenience store. Like Everybody in the, in the neighborhood knew about Marquette. All the dope boys, everybody, so on and so forth. But they built this brand new police precinct directly across the street from it. It was a whole shootout. Dude got shot through the window of Marquette. Like shot in the parking lot and blown through the window of the store. That's how hard he got hit. No police officers in that fucking precinct came outside of the building to walk across the street 
to investigate what was going on because that was not their jurisdiction. That police precinct does not patrol the area that it's built in. It patrols a whole different other side of town. So no fucking sense. No fucking sense. So when the 911 calls went in about a person getting blown away across the street from a police precinct, they had to wait for ambulance and cruisers to come from a completely different district to come and investigate when it's a whole police precinct directly across the street. Stuff like that. There has to there has to be a reevaluation of how the police polices and someone has to police the police. <laughs> that has to be done uh, for us to, to be successful in America. Um, but hey, we talked about this enough. Yeah, we will. Gotta come to this show to talk about this because we try to be your escape for at least you know the little bit of time you listen to the show. So let's get into what we like to call the rundown. The rundown. The rundown. The rundown. Uh, Forbes they do it every year. They release. Um, they release their highest paid celebrity. Um, this year. Now, there's been a little bit of controversy with number one because apparently number one on the list is um, Kylie Jenner. Um, but apparently they're saying, Forbes is accusing her of having forged um, her her tax return. So, that's, that's going to be interesting to see how that works out. But... We have Kanye here at number two with 170 million. The thing has been the thing has been tripping me out ever since Kanye filed bankruptcy. He's always in the top five. Well, you know what they say? They say most millionaires file bankruptcy more than once. So <laughs> there, there you go. <laughs> Kanye has been what we will be in we we in our third year going into the fourth year of the podcast yeah for the last three years if i'm not mistaken yeah he's been like in the top five yeah and I, I, I didn't know people were buying those sneakers like that that's what i'm saying like his clothes his sneakers you know he I don't know. I get, his behind the curtains game must be crazy, because it ain't been too much music movement, except you know he jumped ship and got into his gospel shit. This was right after he filed bankruptcy. Yeah, I'm 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 just saying. And then there's also a rumor going on. And I just said it's on on the show in case I'm right, because you know I like doing that. Uh, there's a rumor that. Uh, Kanye had said he, he told someone he faked his whole Trump support just to get people out of jail. Someone had said that online. I'm just repeating it. That's it. Do I believe it? No. But hey, that's what he said. Continuing on the list. Uh, let's see. Tyler Perry is number six with 97 million. Uh, LeBron, number nine with 88 million. Got The Rock. Number 10 with 87 million. Uh, you can see the full list on Forbes. I don't think it's really been any big surprises. Um, one surprise, I guess you could say, I don't see Jay Z in the top 20, which is 
kind of surprising, I guess. Uh, okay, you can see the coolest on fourth. I'm not going to go over everything. It's not that important. But, but yeah, uh, it is out. Um, this is now this is the celebrities, not the hip-hop. So the hip-hop list will come out later this year, and we'll go over that, of course, like we always do. Uh, but once again, go to Forbes.com. You can see the full list of all the richest celebrities in 2020. Um, something else interesting happened this week, and I thought um, I'm surprised it happened, but I'm glad it did happen. Um, Lauren London, Nunu, everyone knows her. Um, Nipsey's, I, I really can't call her his widow, can I? Yes, you can. I can? Is, is that because, I mean, we all know that association, but. Look, fuck the paperwork. I feel you. Fuck the paperwork. We, everybody, everybody knows what it is and what it was going to be. Right. Or what it should have been. Right. So, fuck Very the true. paperwork. Fuck Very the true. paperwork. So Nipsey's widow, Lauren London, was on um, Red Table Talks. Um, Y'all yeah, know Red Table Talks, Jada Pinkett show her Facebook show with her, with her daughter and her mom talking about, um, I guess, life after Dipsy mm -hmm. and um, gun yeah, violence. Gun, gun violence. Yeah, gun violence. Um, something and how, interesting. And pretty much how it affects women um, yeah. in, in the aftermath. Um, you know, we deal with the person that was lost. They got to you know, pick up the pieces and try to continue on after yeah. the fact. So I think that's something that as as a man you really think about when you're out there. And right. something happens to you. You never think about your wife, your queen, whatever. You can't I mean truthfully you can't face to face with it with with your situation to a certain degree. Yeah, definitely. So like you was out there, you didn't know how it was going to hit your daughters so to speak like and that was something you had to kind of come to a realization about yeah when you, back. yeah when you came back it was like look i'm again i'm glad that it wasn't a different situation yeah because there has been bad situations and uncondition. If you don't know what we're talking about, uh, a couple weeks ago, I was in a protest, of course, and got tear gassed and arrested. Um, and my daughters, um, I have two daughters, and they couldn't find me. They were texting me and calling me, and they couldn't find me. Um, and they saw on news what was happening, of course. I'm a big black man, police crazy. They, they thought the worst. So I didn't come home to the next day. And I come home and my kids were crying, bawling. Like, Dad, where are you? You're scared, blah, blah, blah. And I think I didn't think about that part of it. You know, I just thought about, hey, this is my family tradition. I believe in our people. You know, got to fight for our people, love our people. And never, I even thought, and gee, I told you this off the show. Right. I thought that if something happened to me, I was fine. I was at peace with that, as long yeah. as, as long as it moved forward the, the conversation. Right. For some reason, the, the police had killed me, and I was a hashtag. I was at, I was at peace with that. If it helped, like like I think George Floyd would have been at peace knowing that his death caused this. I would have been fine if my death would have caused more of this, but I wouldn't have been fine with 
my kids hearing that. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I wasn't fine with my daughter. My oldest daughter, like, broke down. Like, Dad, I thought. You know what I mean? Right. That it's, it's the other side of the game. You never think about the people you, quote, unquote, leave behind. Right. And that's what the whole conversation with Laura London opening up about it, family, was. And that's how Jada uh, wanted the show to be perceived, like, as far as that that point of it gets kind of, you know, kind of lost among uh, the public and gets lost among the movements to to a certain degree. Um, there, there, there really is is no way to, I guess, adequately prepare for that. Right. It's um, it's something that's been weighing on me ever since then, and this interview really put it into you know perspective for me. Because as as the man, and not even in my situation, just in that situation in general, you never want to stop doing what you're doing because no, normally you're doing it for your family. Right. But you don't want to put your family through that heartache. So what do you do? It's a catch-22. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's rough. It's rough. And um, I was happy to see Lauren in that format. I'm glad she didn't go to like Oprah or whoever else. You know what I mean? I'm glad she went to Jada because, you know, we all love Jada. And it was a more of a, was it was a more relaxed, like a, it was a conversation among sisters, not like. Agree. It didn't, it didn't feel like an interview. It didn't feel right. like she was being probed. Um, it was more so a sit down with your homegirl type situation. Um, and I hate to say this, but I'm pretty sure that a lot of like networks have been dying to get Lauren to, to on camera to have yeah. a conversation after that. But uh, as you said, I'm I'm glad it went that way that she sat down and talked with Jada. It's just it feel it feels more genuine that yeah. way. Yeah, that's a good word for it. Feels authentic. Yeah, oh. it, it felt it felt it felt real real authentic for them just to sit down and have a conversation versus you know her sitting in the studio with Oprah. No shade to Oprah, but. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't mean it shady. They just um, Oprah is a more, I don't want to say polished. I just want to say corporate. Yeah, I agree with that. It's 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 more, uh, strategically placed. Yes, yes. And when she sat down with Jada, I think Jada's authenticity comes through. Right. It, it was able to be, uh, like I said, a genuine conversation. It was like it was like the show. It was like they were just talking and there was cameras there. Yeah, it was just like, oh, okay, well, somebody recording it. Well, fuck it, I don't care. All right, look, so we're going to have this conversation. Yeah. So it's, um, I often forget that she has two kids, and the first one's by, by Lil Wayne. 
So I often forget that part of her story. Um, but she talked about raising her kids without, you know, Nipsey. Um, I encourage everyone to go watch it. Of course, it's on Facebook Live. It's a great interview. I, I would like her to do a longer interview because that interview, you know, Red Table Talk is like a half hour long. But I really would like her to go into, like, and she probably doesn't want to go into this much depth, but her life without Nip. I mean, I think, I think it's a learning point for people. I mean, to be the the flip side of the coin, how how much deeper do you think she's going to get beyond what we already know? Yeah, that's the thing. How much does she want to give? I mean, it's not our business. (laughs) I mean, that, but at the same token, like, I'm pretty sure her feelings and anything that she could say is the same as, you know, Joy, uh, George Floyd's mom or or sister at this point. Yeah, it's it's not gonna be too much different, um, in my opinion, as far as how the story differs in the aftermath, because it it was a senseless killing, period, and left her to care for a child, carry on the legacy without him. And the same goes for any black woman that had their partner taken away from whatever circumstances. Yeah. But definitely if the circumstances was, you know, they got murdered by gun violence or police brutalities, how do you pick up the pieces? Yeah, it's, think, it's, it's literally, again, how, how you pick up the pieces. I think for me, I think, I think what that I'm pain is felt among the black women of our community through and through, period. I think, I think for me, what I meant was it would reach, maybe reach a different audience. Okay. You know gotcha, what I mean? gotcha, gotcha. Um, but I think, I think, and I hope, and this is my prayer, that, and I'm noticing this slowly, but I think I said this a couple of shows ago that we're just really noticing the strength of black women. Like my God, like I've I've been on this whole thing for my whole life. So it's not a big deal, but I love what I see other people say it. When I see other people do it, like you got to think of what black women go through and they just don't get applauded for it. You know, it's just, Hey, my husband just got killed. I got. I gotta wake up tomorrow morning and put my kids in school. Like, think about like that. It's tough. So yeah, it, gotta, it, it wasn't. It wasn't that type of situation for me. I know. I'm just um, saying. I know. I've known black women have been strong. Like I've I've known that for years. Yeah. But to narrow in on one particular situation, my mom, when my father died, like. Watching her handle that, how she moved and how she kept, you know, her armor on, so to speak. That shit was crazy. Like picking out the plot, like her walking off. Like I got, bruh, like the, the, the visual images that I have in my head from that, I never saw... Past, past her and my sister coming to tell me face to face, like driving down to Hampton 
when I lived in Hampton to knock on the door like six o'clock in the morning to tell me my dad that that was the only time I saw either one of them cry. Like they they broke for that moment when they walked in, like right after they said it. Mind you, they drove like an hour and 30 minutes right after leaving the hospital and they were told he passed. They instantly got on the road and drove an hour and 30 minutes to come tell me to my face that my father passed. And to this day, I cannot fathom in my mind an hour and 30 minutes being in a car knowing like I don't know what that car ride was like. They drove an hour and 30 minutes to come tell me my father passed. Then had to get on the road and drive an hour and 30 minutes back. Yeah. So three hours collectively they were in the car by themselves. I have no idea how that conversation went or even if they talked. But just to come tell me to my face that my father passed. And literally, after my mom cried for a minute, she took that, <sighs> okay, so, and started talking to us about the, the, the funeral arrangement. And I'm just like, yo, what the fuck? <laughs> that's what she had to do. That's what she had to do. She knew there were things do. that still needed to be done. And until those things are done, you're going to keep pushing and then you'll have a moment to yourself to where you can go ahead and mourn. Hey, That's just look. really what that is. I have never seen. You don't have nothing. Like you don't that. have the luxury of just, you know, that's just <laughs> what's supposed to happen. Look, that, that, that amount of strength, that amount of strength, because when they walked in, I kept my composure until they walked out. Soon as they walked out, I walked upstairs to my studio and I fucking broke. Mm. I, I fucking broke. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I fucking died that day. That shit was crazy. I could imagine. I guess for me, I guess for me, it's... And we're watching the subject. Um, I don't have too many examples of super strong black women in my life. So to see, to see that resonates harder with me you know what i'm saying like i was raised to my uncle my dad like you know what i mean like i don't have those examples so when i see it, i'm like wow that's that's crazy oh you know what we never talked about it that's why you got two girls yeah definitely one one thousand percent that's why you got two girls yeah i know okay i, I realized that a long time ago that's exactly why i have two daughters yeah that's was, exactly why okay I was, yeah i was such an asshole before and um it's like, oh, oh, so you're an asshole, huh? You, you what's what's the Nas? What's Nas is saying? The cruelest players and foul heartbreakers in the world. Yeah, some bad but having precious little girls. Yep, there you go. <laughs> damn, like damn. Oh, so you're an asshole, huh? Take that. Take yeah. that. Not Change one, my, not one, but two. Right. That's right. Change my whole life. <laughs> Change my whole life. Um. Want to get ready to get out of here. Wanted to mention Pusha T, and I thought this was dope. Um, was at locally in military circle for people who don't know it's a mall out here. Well, it was a mall, I don't know what you call it now. Um, <laughs> giving food to um, it's an environment, <laughs> it's a building, it's a building, it's, it's, it's a building that has other little 
buildings and stores in it that sell stuff. Yeah, a few, maybe five. Maybe <laughs> five. Uh, if he was, you catch he was, it on a good day. Yeah, uh, not open all at the same time. Um, 20 years ago in the mall. That's the mall you go to because all the other malls are closed. My dad does that. Whatever my nah, dad. They had a they had a good selection of sneakers though. Yeah, of course. Look, they had a, they had a they had a good good amount of stores. They had a good amount of sneakers. Well, they got it. Look, hey, that's their main sale. My dad does that every time he comes into town. My dad had to live in Virginia for thirteen years, right? But whenever he comes to town, first thing he does, let's go to Military Circle. I'm like, Pop, ain't nothing in there. Right. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> no matter. It don't matter. Like the memory. If it's if it's a sneaker store there. It's something in there. Hey, listen, about, listen. Nothing there. Look, don't front. If the Coliseum Mall were still standing, we would still go to that mall. That's a fact. That's a Look, fact. Of course. That of mall. course. Look, I'm not even I'm not even from Hampton. And Coliseum was the jump. Coliseum, that was the mall. That was that was that was the jump out there. Like PTC, man, I'm nothing that's, compared that's, to Coliseum that's a bunch of mall. That's a bunch of bullshit. It is. I used to love walking around Coliseum Mall during the whole time I was out there. What? Yeah, just to get out that bitch and walk. Look, ain't nothing like going and kicking it in the food court. Like the millennials will never know oh, what yeah, that's like. All that. Like just the you know, you just got your driver's license and the parents let you take the car and you drive to the mall and you just walk around the mall. You ain't got no money to spend, you just walk around the mall. And oh, no, I made sure I had money in my pocket when I went to the mall because I had to get me something from the Cinnabon. See, there we go. We had the food court. The I was about to say, Cinnabon. you got $5. Yep, Cinnabon. Look, man, Taco Bell used to stretch. Cinnabon used to stretch. The oh, um, Asian lunch special. That, um, you know how many times I walked you know how many times I walked past the little Asian spots and got the little free joints, the little free samples? I was literally just thinking about the free samples. Yeah. <laughs> Nigga, I had a collection of toothpicks. <laughs> yeah. Um, shit, the little pizzeria place where you could get a slice for like a buck fifty-two dollars. Man, look, the millennial, the millennials, will never know what it's like to go to the, to the mall and hang out in the food court. That's not they. That's not they vibe. But um, Pusha T was out giving out um, help feeding people. I don't want to say feeding the homeless. It just help just providing meals for people. Uh, traffic was bananas. I heard people on, on online trying to go there, trying to get there, uh, just to see him, meet him, whatever. Um, yeah, because because truthfully, at this point, with the way schools and everything are, yeah. You know, uh, a lot of parents depending depend on the the breakfast and the lunch from the schools, and you know, in the house they just got to make sure dinner's on the table. Right. So with the kids being home, from them used to making sure one meal is on the table, now they got to make sure three is available. They they might not have a the the funds or the time for that. So shout out to Push. Yeah, shout out to Push. I know I give Push a lot of shit, but um that was a that was a good move. So shout out to Push for that. Um let's see it. And so G what we don't have any updates on the verses. So G, what do we have streaming this week? Oh it's still light. Um we got DNA 
Gemini, uh, nice, and that's the number nine, I-N-C-E. Uh, well, excuse me, I said I-N. There's no N in that. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, number nine, I-C-E, uh, Tip of Iceberg, episode one, and Ill Bliss, Illy Chapo X or Illy Chapo 10. I don't know if they're using the X as the Roman numeral or not, but that's it. Okay. I mean, it's a light list. I, I will say, um, I listened to uh, Freddie Gibbs' album yesterday. Freddie's my guy. Freddie, Freddie, Freddie's very slept on, yo. Yeah. Freddie is very slept on. He can rap his ass off, and not only can he rap his ass off now, like, going forward, he has more of a message. Yeah, yeah. Um, that might be early contender for album of the year in a very light year, but that might be early contender for album of the year. I, I was, I was banging that. So, with, without further ado, some of y'all favorite part of the show. And Damn. what what, is, up, what, up? what is the vibe for the harem? Cut it out. This one, um, I'm sure will be a little more familiar because this is kind of on the radio right now. Um, but yeah, what's poppin' by Jack Harlow? I was kind of feeling his flow and how he kind of went through this song. So, um, yeah, survive of the week. All right, so that's Jack Harlow with What's Poppin'. Let's go ahead and get into that. What's poppin'? Brand new whip, just hopped in. I got options. I can pass that bitch like Stockton. Just joshing. I'm spending this holiday locked in. My body got rid of them toxins. Sports in the top ten. I can put the ball in the end zone, put a bad bitch in the friend zone. This shit sound like an intro jet song. Give me that tempo. Told Pooh he'll fool with the shit. Told her don't let her friends know. In the villain, I move like a dime. Eating pettuccine or Vincenzo's. Me and my amigos got that free smoke on the West Coast. Yeah, I'm talking about pre-rolls. Dark hair bitch, and she look like she go. She do. Hometown hero, feeling myself, can't murder my ego. She heard of my deep stroke. She said, babe, does it hurt when I deep throw? It does. Certified freak hoe, hang around us, and she learning my lingo. Back then, wasn't worried about me, though. In the gym, trying to work on my free throw. Goddamn. Goddamn. Spending money at the club like Sam's. Yes, ma'am. She a little freak on cam. She don't put this on the ground. Little boys try this on the ground. Hey, I can't switch on the fan. Shit's hot, hit the switch on the fan. This what my head is. I feel resentment from every direction. Even some homies be wearing expressions. I be discouraged from sharing my blessings. We used to share a connection. Now it just feels like it's wearing and stretching. I'm getting real sick of taking advice from people that never could stare at reflections. Somewhere in there is a lesson. Y'all ain't evolving, it's very depressing. I'm at the club with the basketball team. Me and the Cardinals are sharing a section. Got a cherry suppressant. I'm drinking water. And wear protection. Got a career and I'm very invested. Some people call it a scary obsession. They call it a passion. I can be. Relaxing. PG, we getting some traction. I'm at the venue, it's packed in. I'm digging her accent. I got a BB Simon belt on me, and she trying to get it. I'm passing. That's my type of distraction. That's my type of she Latin. Got my own flow, and I'm about to get a patent. Brand new sheets for the bed they sat in. Y'all wasn't tuned in back then. My swag, they keep jacking. I ain't doing no verse, quit asking. 
what's poppin'? Brand new whip, just hopped in. I got options, I can pass that bitch like Stockton. Just joshing, I'ma spend this holiday locked in. My body got rid of them toxins. Sports in the top ten. And that's what's poppin' by Jack Harlow. I actually like that song. I like the way it flows. Got a nice little bounce to it, you know. Yeah, and he it sounded like he was really comfortable, you know, spitting. I like when it sounds natural. It's not forced. It's what it's, it's, it said. He was in his pocket. He was in his pocket. That sounds so nasty. Did it? <laughs> <laughs> Triple entendre. Don't even ask me how. Um, Don't even ask me how. So, yeah, that's our show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, nothing. I'm just checking my phone real quick. Anything popping up? No, no versus announcements. I don't know. The last versus they had um, was the gospel show, and I didn't watch that. Of course, I wouldn't. Why would I? Um, I watched bits and pieces of it. Yeah, so I'm anxious to see what comes next, how they can follow it, but we'll try to keep y'all updated. Uh, make sure, of course, you follow social media. Um, y'all want to get scanned, you want to give yours. Sweet talk. Yes, definitely make sure you check us out. We release every Friday by noon. And you can catch us on IG, Twitter, and Facebook with the hashtag of three sweet talkers. That's the number three and then sweet talkers spelled out. Check us out. Angie. Look out for the soft launch of the new AGR website coming by the end of this month. Looking, really looking forward to that. Uh, shout out to Ike Sleep for working on that with us and making sure that's going to get up and running. Uh, keep on the lookout for Benny's new project, uh, Magenta, in the mind of Ted Mice, which will be out soon. Okay, and make sure you follow the podcast, uh, Words with Wade on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that good stuff. Make sure that you go on Title and use your free 60-day subscription by using the code WADE60. That, once again, is Wade, me, W-A-D-E, 6-0 on Title. Get a free 60 days on Title. Um, enjoy the, the superior sound and of course support black business because you know who owns that. Uh, I think that's it. Anything else we got here, y'all? Mm. No, can't think of anything. Okay. Scan anything? No. Oh. Well, hey, as always. As always. You may agree with what we said. Uh huh. You may not agree with what we said. Okay. One thing you can agree with. What's that? We keep it uncut. Uncut! Until next time, we'll catch you on the internet. Yeah! Episode, episode 150. That's huge. Mm. I have to do something. We'll see. But um, we'll catch you on the internet. I'm about to say, hopefully my Pornhub videos don't show up. And on that note, (laughs) (laughs) on that note, (laughs) I (laughs) have.